Hey everyone, welcome to episode 31 of the Bonehead Podcast, where we talk all things Blood Bowl. Welcome back. I'm Ben, and joining me today, back again, most recently from episode 28, we have got Ben Bloodtithe. Uh, hello, Ben. Or Bloodtithe Ben. How are you doing, man? You right today? Yeah, I'm really good. How are you? Not bad at all. Thank you so much for joining us on the show once again. Um, could you tell us what we're talking about on today's episode? Yep, we're going to be talking about the Bonehead Podcast Coach Championship the Ogre Spike Review, and the usual games, hobby, and star players. Absolutely fantastic. Right, let's hit news. So not too much in the way of news this week. I'm assuming everything's slowing down just about ready for Christmas um, because everybody's bought their presents now or done their pre-orders. But talking of pre-orders, uh, Chaos Dwarves, have you, seen the, uh, have you seen the news on Chaos Dwarves? Yeah, yeah, I have. Um, I think people predicted this. Yes, they did, including me. So uh, I bet Craig that when the when we saw the Chaos Dwarf rumours, I bet Craig, one of the players from a local group, uh, I said if it's the made to order, then he had to play Blood Bowl 7s with me. And if it was a brand new Chaos Dwarf team, I would play Magic the Gathering with him. Um, and it is the made to order stuff. So yeah. Enjoy your game Craig, of sevens. I know, right? I, I'm hoping to get that game with Craig at some point. Uh, bless his heart. So, yeah, um, we've got the old school Chaos Dwarf team out, which is quite an interesting choice, don't you reckon? Yeah. Um, it, I wonder what the demand will be for this. I feel like everyone who wants it already has it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I think you're probably right. I mean, it's cool to see the team. And a while ago, I would have been super, super excited for this. But... Uh, you know, there's only, what, four teams left to go? And Chaos Dwarves is going to be one of them. Yeah. So, so either um, some people are going to pick this up because it's a classic, like it's what they started with, or they can't wait for the new team to come out. But I don't know, like, we've had some great teams out this year. Ogres have just landed, and I cannot tell you how excited for these guys I am. And um, I don't know, the Chaos Dwarves models, they're, they're, they're okay. Uh, but I'd wait. I'd wait for the next team to come out. Yeah, there's so many good third-party options. Um, yeah, may- maybe. And it's quite expensive, wasn't it? Was, was it? I couldn't remember I, the actual price. I don't know if we've got prices yet. On the uh, Warhammer community website, because I think they go, they go on pre-order on Saturday. Um, yeah, the price is not cheap, because um, they, they never are for these ones. They're, they're, you know, they're a fair price for miniatures. Uh, they're not £80 for yeah. a Kickstarter, but they're not £80 Kickstarter good, because these yeah. sculpts are probably older than you are man genuinely um, that's probably true <laughs> <I know. laughs> these must have come out in the, in the in the mid to late 90s and um you know there's there's a lot of people playing blood bowl uh, that were born this side of the matrix yeah uh yeah so you know it's cool to see the old team and it does give you an opportunity to grab a chaos dwarf team if you've got the money if you want the team and um you know you fancy a bit of retro tastic so this episode is coming out on Saturday, the 14th of December, and I'm pretty sure these guys are going on pre-order that day. So if you're listening now and you loved the old Chaos Dwarf team, jump on, get one ordered for made to order. Yeah. 
And the second bit we've got are the mass is the massive dragon orcs and goblins fantasy football Kickstarter. Um, so this is on Kickstarter and it's on Kickstarter and it's called Orcs and Goblins for Fantasy Football, and it's by Massive Dragon. Now these look really good. I, I was really holding off on the back end project. <laughs> like Christmas is, you know, Christmas is, ex- is an expensive month. And <laughs> yeah, oh, but these are these are proper proper orcs, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. And the goblins. So we've got two teams basically: uh, the Marauders and the Vandals. The Marauders is an orcs team, and the Vandals is a goblins team. And stylistically, they are a little bit on the I don't know World of Warcraft cartoony side, as opposed to the grimdark. Yeah, WoW was something I was really reminded of, and I don't know if it was like sort of the reddy brownie skin on the orcs that did it. There's but... one. Gu- there's one guy. Uh, if, uh, there's one guy who's just there, hands on hips. In the back with his little chin beard and he looks yeah very world of warcraft the, the, the model sculpts are fantastic yeah they are and i love the sort of pirate theme going through it you know looking yeah, forward to the pirates and <laughs> this oh, is just the pirates that, team so. is coming out that's great great so yeah so you've got two teams uh you can pick one team for 65 euros obviously not including shipping and for the goblins that gives you goblins special weapons trolls uh, it gives you a lot of stuff. And for the orcs, you've got three line orcs, a thrower, four blitzers, four black orcs, a troll, and a couple of goblins. Yeah, it's a good is, deal. That's not bad. I mean, 65 euros for a full team, including big guys. All secret need, weapons. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. If you did this to Games Workshop where you'd need a box of goblins, a box of special weapons, and uh, two trolls. So it would actually be more expensive going the Games Workshop route. Um, yeah. And you wouldn't you wouldn't have such cool individual sculpts. Yeah, no, I agree. They're very, very unique. Worth checking out. And they do have a slightly bigger one, which is 85, uh, where you get a team and you get Goblin Star Player, Goblin Staff, and a bunch, uh, basically everything that's unlocked on the Kickstarter. Um, and if you've got a friend or you just really need two different teams, 150 euros will get you both teams. Yeah, with all the add-ons as well. With all the add-ons, absolutely. They've got one very cool Goblin Star player, which is um, the Pogoer. It's, it's a jester. Yeah. It's got bells and stuff hanging off. It's a great. It's a great model. Is that for Scrapper? Is it? Is that the? Player? Yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. Scrapper. Yeah. Um, and they've got some very cool stretch goals. So the Orc Coach. Have you seen that guy? Oh, which was he? Was he? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, he's fantastic. <laughs> it's like a pirate captain. It looks like yeah. It looks like Nelson uh, yeah. as a as an orc. With his sideways hat, and his, uh, that's really, really well done. The goblin coach is very cool as well. Um, orc fan, goblin fan. The orc cheerleader balls. is uh, concerning. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> the orc doctor, that looks like a model that's right up your street. Oh, yeah, that's a 40k pain boy if you ever wanted yeah, one. Exactly. He's got chainsaws. He's got some fun looking scissors. So if they've got some great stuff, they're still going through their stretch goals. And they are absolutely smashing their targets. So they're at 14,000 against target 4,000. And they've got six days to go. So this will close Thursday, December the 19th. And um, yeah, so have a look. If you fancy a very, I say very unique. It's a really well done alternative or or goblin or both team um, for a pretty reasonable price. It, It looks like a really good one. Yeah, absolutely. Great quality sculpts as well. So can't see much else on the miniature front at the moment, but there is this one rumour. So I saw this on Twitter and I cannot remember. I'm really sorry if you're out there listening uh, who flagged this up. But 
we've got the uh, the ogre spike now it's out when this podcast goes out i got very lucky and got to do the unboxing video today which should be out later on today and um, there's two mentions in it of snotling teams so there's one little bit that says curiosity killed the nobler and it's a bit of fluff and it says we remember scragglebeak nobler of golden guts uh, fed up of ill treatment at the hands of his ogre masters scragglebeak followed rumors of the freedom and paradise said to exist in snotling teams Painting himself green in a poor attempt at camouflage, Scragglebeak's promising career was cut short after he downed a pint of fungus brew and picked a fight with a troll. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, first of all, awesome. But secondly, mentioned Snotling teams. But the one, the, the mention that's in the rules, which I am so excited about, is the bottles of Heady Brew, or Heady, I can't, I'm not sure, uh, 0-3. So it's an inducement, and we'll, we'll touch on it properly later, although this has been out in the Ogre one. Available to Halfling Ogre and snotling teams mm. so the fact it's listed there is a really strong implication it's listed there and uh these guys are noblers in the goblin team so i'm oh, wondering yeah. so i'm wondering if one of the first teams we see that's off the main track is a troll and snotling team going back uh well actually going back a long time but also there's one in the secret teams um, on Fumble, that is Trolls, Snotlings, and Snotling Pump Wagons. And that if they bring, oh man, if they bring that team out, it's going to be really exciting. Yeah, I think Ian keeps wanting excuse to play with Pump Wagon, doesn't he? <laughs> oh, the Pump Wagons are so cool. I saw them at, at uh, Manabol Stunty Cup last year, oh, yeah? and um, oh, that the Snotling team is just—it's just absurd. It's just—it's just absurd. Do they fit on a pitch? I don't think I've ever seen a Pump Wagon. You know, uh, he this the guy the uh, was using the old ones which used to fit on a 40 mil square base. Oh, okay. Yeah, which fits on a 40 mil round base without a problem at all. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Snotling teams could be could be next. Did you uh, see something just... else interesting with this? What's that? 40,000 gold pieces. Isn't... Aren't most inducements 50? Oh, the Heady Brew? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but this... Um, they've, they're, they're kind of branching out, so... There was the Nurglings, which was 40k, the Cavorting Nurglings one. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. So they're trying to, I mean, you and I have actually spoken about having inducements that are less than this, specifically yeah. the sevens. And actually, something like this. And the um, when we go through the rules as well, it's really, it's really fun. Guys awesome. get like daughtless frenzy. It's, it's, they just get drunk and go and beat up people. <laughs> it's, it's really <laughs> cool. <laughs> it's bargain, 40k. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just got a couple of shout outs. First one is I want to shout out to Sydney Bowl. Uh, facebook.com forward slash sydney bowl in oh, sydney australia um they're a great bunch of guys that are trying to push a, a, basically a tournament series of blood bowl sevens they've um the, the guy who runs it got in contact and was like hey he's had loads of ideas on how to make blood bowl sevens work great in a tournament format i've learned a lot from talking to him and it's been really great having a chat so if you are in australia look up sydney bowl because they are building a really great Blood Bowl 7's tournament series, and it's 100% worth checking out. Yeah, it looks great. Oh, man, I'm, I'm really, really pleased. I'm really pleased that loads of people are getting in contact at the moment saying, hey, uh, watched your YouTube show, 7's looks great. You know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about this? And friend of the podcast, Rob, one of the first things when I when we saw the rules for Giants, he was like, so uh, how are we going to get Giants in Blood Bowl 7's? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Oh yeah, and of course you saw. Um, I, I saw that you were also interested in the uh, Titan Bowl in. Rome. Oh yeah, yeah. Sign me up. 
well, yeah, which is maybe some, not open if I can yeah. go. <laughs> I, I think I think we'll try and run one down south somewhere. Yeah, um, that's yeah. not four hours away, but you know, I think it's something like eleven or twelve hundred team value, and then everyone gets a giant. <laughs> yeah, it's a great way of doing it. Great oh man, it's so good, and that's why that's in our league rules now as well, which is really cool. Um, and just a couple of tournaments to talk about. The first is Beachhead Bowl, which we're going to be talking about a little bit later on. But it's the uh, it's our first tournament next year. It's taking place at Beachhead 2020 Gamers Convention. Um, this year, the tickets are £15. It goes up to £20 after the end of the year. And you get free entry to the Games Convention as well. So you're kind of paying £5 to play a bunch of Bud Bowl and then £10 to get into a Games Convention. And most importantly, you, you get to go in at 9 o'clock and the show doesn't open till 10. So you go in, you register... Pleasure. With with you know with us to play blood bowl and then you have got an hour before the uh, the muggles are allowed in where you can go do <laughs> shopping, um so obviously I'm really excited about it um and yeah that's coming up and then two weeks after that on the 22nd of February Marnabol Stunty Cup in Birmingham it's all Stunty League teams uh, this is the third one run by Sean and uh, I'm going we're sponsoring it uh, there's um sending up a blood bowl sevens pitch to give away as a prize and uh it should be a really great day it's grown every single time i think it went from eight players to 14 players so it'd be really cool if we get something up to 20 and ben you went to tombstone you saw this the silly teams in there yeah it's ridiculous love it uh, this is all silly teams which is <laughs> so cool and birmingham's a really great place um for blood bowl because it's kind of central and yeah. um geek retreat where it's being run is one of the better game sort of uh, um, venues i've been to it's really good. Uh, right, that wraps it up for news. Before we move on to hobby and games and nonsense, we've got two competitions just to uh, to talk about very quickly. The first one is, I'm sure you've seen it everywhere. I posted it everywhere and I mentioned it in the uh, Ogre unboxing video as well. We are running a designer giant with an Ogre pitch competition at the moment. Um, and uh, basically what we're doing is... Uh, We've got the new rules for the sporting giants or sports giants that come out in spike eight and it's just one type of giant it's just one type and there are 24 plus teams so we want to know we want you to come up with some great ideas for other giants and then ben who's going to join me on the next episode and myself we're going to pick some of our top ones talk them through do the classic roll off for a winner and that person will win the ogre pitch that i did the unboxing with and hopefully oh, haven't haven't damaged too much uh, we've already had a bunch of entries um and there are some really good ones in there uh some some absurd ones from our group so uh this this one guy did rules for a lehman russ battle tank oh yeah who was um, that <laughs> some 40k nut and uh, another one that i just absolutely have to mention is from drew and drew's um a player local to entoyment actually and came to all of our tournaments last year really really great coach um and um, his suggestion was a human lineman, uh, because compared to halflings, he was a giant, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> that was that made me laugh. Yeah. yeah, I bumped into him at Toyman today, and I was like, I love that. And he was, uh, he was, it was great. It was good. So yes, um, we are going to keep that open until I think seven o'clock uh, English time on Thursday the nineteenth, so that we can record at eight o'clock English time and. Uh, pick a winner that will be announced on christmas day because next next podcast episode is coming out early and it's going to come out christmas morning so that uh, when you're all at home playing <laughs> with the toys you can just chill out listen to the podcast glue some things 
and um, watch your whole family run right. So yeah, that's good. cool. Yeah. And the other one to do is so uh, I did a pick a team to win seven Super Series. Um, I went to the semi-finals and um, well, I, I, I don't think it's spoilers anymore, but the Chaoslings somehow won. So the Halflings went through and won a uh, couple of brilliant <laughs> games. Uh, I, and, um, <laughs> I know I can't either. And the worst thing is I played against them in the semis and the finals. So I lost to Halflings twice to let them win. Uh, yeah. but uh, they they earned it they really did so ben do you have a, a dice or two there i do i have i have a single die here a single die is absolutely superb so what i said was nominate your team to win and then whoever picked the right team i will do a uh, random choose and uh, one of them will win wins a chog ogre model so they can have their very own zizzles the mighty so uh right ben uh Roll the dice, and basically one, two, three, it's group A. One, two, uh, four, five, six, it's group B. Okay. Help it in, drop it. It's uh, five, <laughs> so group B. Okay, cool. Uh, great sound effects there. And, <laughs> there. and then, right, go for it. I've got, yeah, go for it. Okay, do it again. Yeah, this is it. This is for the winner. Three. Okay, it's Mike Brown. Uh, I will track you down, Mike Brown, and find out whether you commented on YouTube, on Twitter, on Instagram, or on Facebook. But I will get in contact with you, uh, or you get in contact with me first, and then I will get Zizzles the Mighty, your own brand new one, sent to you, uh, which should hopefully there be in time for uh, be there in time for Christmas. So you, uh, he can be one of the models you're gluing and painting while you listen to the podcast. Congratulations! It's a great model, uh, really great oh, model. Such good, Ian, uh, friend of the podcast, Ian Warhanam. Hannum uh, won it as a wooden spoon prize at, um, at Fobble Wobble Cup for doing awful, awfully with his Amazons, didn't he? And he's loving it. Yeah, I can't wait to see that painting up in his uh, Bengals theme. Oh, man, his painting is just getting better. It's horrific. I know. <laughs> it's depressing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I've known him for 27 years, and oh, it's just it, his painting just has carried on getting better for 27 yeah. years. I, I remember him painting his very first Space Marines in a god-awful camo pattern uh in yeah and uh, unfortunately my painting's not really progressed and his has but, you know <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian. he's a uh, warhanam on instagram as well so yeah he's also got a really cool little blog going on which yes, i will pop in the show notes as well right that's that's that for prizes let's move on to games hobby and nonsense so ben have you been playing any blood bowl recently uh yeah i played a game i think only one game between last time we recorded actually of blood bowl um, distra- distracted by other games, have you? Yeah, yeah. Because we've been dragged into Necromunda. Not dragged in, I love it. But, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. So, yeah. uh, what team What uh, What team do you play with uh, with Bluffle? I played um, my Silver Tower team, my oh, Chaos Renegade. Yeah. This is your Chaos Renegade team made in t- almost entirely or entirely entirely from models from it Silver is, Tower? Uh, well, yeah, almost entirely, actually. That's the big guys, so. The, the troll and the ogre I got from Exeter uh, elsewhere. Um, but yeah, such played a great a, team. Yeah, played against uh, New Ian, who I've also played against that team's tournament. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. Ian and um, Ian who took his um, his little lad Josh, hi Josh, to to Tombstone, and um, I was thinking about those guys earlier because they they were, they were great fun. They're basically the brick father grotty of our tournament, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant. Because that just happens to be my favourite star player combo. He does so, throw him less, I noticed. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness. <laughs> yes, no, please uh, don't throw your children unless yeah. it's on the blood bowl pitch. 
Yeah. Uh, cool. So, how did the game go? Uh, it was a defeat, actually. Uh, he he won. Um, he was playing Dark Elves. You mean Dark Elves versus Chaos Pact in a in a in a new league, and the Chaos yeah. Pact didn't didn't win. Yeah. Yeah. Believe it or not. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was also a bit of a slow brew, aren't they? Yeah, and my goblin was missing, which I really rely on. Because if I can't dodge with elves, I'm throwing teammate. And that's oh, the only two play styles I know. So, from yeah, playing against from playing against Richard's uh, pack team, uh, the goblin is is the uh, the only player that counts. Yeah, best player on the best player on the pitch. Oh, absolutely. Um, oh well, so you lost that one. Any cool level ups or anything? Yeah, the the elf did pretty much everything that I did in the game, um, and was rewarded with plus agility, which oh, some five. people may take, some people may not, but I can't resist agility. Edge five, I can dodge along the sideline. It's all good. You can do everything. Who wouldn't take edge five? Edge five is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to playing with that. I mean, I know he's got the animosity, but still, um, just two pluses for days, you'd be fine. Yeah. It was really, really fun game, though. He's a great coach and had a, had a laugh, which is all you want from Blood Bowl, really. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we've got a great bunch of guys. Um, as for games with me, what did I play? Oh, yeah, I got to run my Underworld team out against uh, against Nathan at a club this week, which was really cool. I've had um, had the Underworld team built for, for ages and just undercoated brown and my brown town steamers and... Um, <laughs> Uh, just just uh, he was one of it was his first league game with um his, his really well done lizardman team they've got lovely bases i know they're not quite painted yet but he bought a load of resin bases to go with like an aztec thing and they suit so well they are looking good i had a had a glance when you were playing yeah no really 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 cool uh and i sort of gave him the choice so i was like do you want to play this team this team or this team and he was like oh underworld could be fun and i was like brilliant it gives me a chance uh game was ridiculous uh it was three all in the end Three or uh, that's a lot yeah. of touchdowns. It was. It was. Oh, my goblins were just absolutely running riot. Um, his sauruses were also running riot. So I had uh, very few players on the turn at the end of the, the end of the pitch. But I did pull off a, a one turn touchdown, and um, his oh, did, did so. Oh, it was cool. It was cool. So I really liked the underworld. I had no idea what I was doing with them, and it was just <laughs> it was just great fun. It was good to get a game in. Actually, it was really good to get a game in, and I enjoyed that. So Nathan, if you're out there listening, thank you for the game. Slapped any mutations on those underworld? No, no, no. I do have a level up from a goblin, and it is a rolled a ten, not a double, just a ten. So okay. plus one, plus one move. So moving seven goblin is tempting, um, but I'm not sure. Does help with the one turners? It will do, and you know it would. Yeah, I ended up. I think two of my touchdowns were scored with two go for it. So yeah. you never know. Yeah, it could be useful. So I don't know. I don't know. I will keep running them in league every now and again. They're a good team because they're they're not a gimme, you know. It's not yeah. you automatically win against this team. It, but you, the new teams have got an opportunity to score and get those SPPs in. So it's quite a useful team to have running, to have to run in the league against um, new coaches. So I liked it. I thought it was good fun. And um, oh yeah, I can't wait to play with them again. Yeah. So hobby, have you been hobbying, sir? Uh, yeah, I've been hobbying quite a lot actually. Um, it's one of I mean the classic situation where you've got four games on at the go and you're trying to keep up with them all. <laughs> but um yeah no i've i've started a yeah you know how many finished the silver tower team or starting a new team but i'm going to be running corn in beachhead oh so, really yeah i'm blood type ban i've got to play a corn team at some point oh you got a shiny new corn team though didn't you yeah i so i couldn't resist the black friday sales went went on grebo bought two teams bought a corn and nurgle 
Um, they look really good. Um, I was really impressed. I was a little bit hesitant at first to know how metal would look, but I'd, if anyone's on the fence about Grebo metal, it's very, very good metal. I haven't seen metal this good before. It, it's when you've sprayed it, you can't tell it like it's not resin. I have to say, I'm just going to jump on this with my Fanath team, which is also metal. Um, yeah. The cast is the cast is superb. Like it, you, again, like you say, once you're undercoated, you don't know it. Except it's got proper weight, which is yes. uh, which is amazing. Yeah, they do feel good. They feel premium. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, had had a go. Um, tried a couple of things. I wasn't too happy with the first one, but I've. I've tried a tactic which I did on the Skull Altar for Age of Sigma, which is undercoating gold and putting some Tamiya Candy Red or Clear Red, I think it's called. It's like an acrylic, um, it's kind of like a glaze. It's, it's, it's almost like Blood for the Blood God, but oh, okay. um, it, it's thinner, it's more translucent, it's very, very vibrant red. But I went over that with the gold and it comes out very glossy. So I hit the entire miniature, which you should do with metal anyway, with about three coats of matte varnish. And it's dulled it. So it doesn't look massively glossy, but it still retains the sort of shine and shimmer of metal. So oh, it's got a really fantastic. nice metallic red, and I'm very happy with it. No, no, your test model looks brilliant. I'm, yeah. I'm very excited to see how the rest of that te- that team turns out. I assume you're running the Thurster. Yes. Oh, yeah, you have to, especially that model. <laughs> right, exactly. I was going to say, you're not going gonna to go for just, yeah, I like that. That's cool. And will you yeah. be running a Fen Beast, or are you going pure corn? See, I am trying to tweak the list to fit one in. I need to source a monitor model, but, you know, it's a good opportunity to use it. So I'm going to try. Yeah, cool. I Has like it got um, Bonehead or Wild Animal? Uh, it's Bonehead. It's bo- Okay, that's good. Because I've had two Wild Animal on the team. That's a little bit risky. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> yeah, Bonehead's not too bad. Uh, yeah, I just, can live for that. Let me just double check. It's either Bonehead or really stupid. I think it's Bonehead. It's just choosing which to blitz when you've got two wild animals. That's the. Uh... Well, the Fen Beast, where it's strength six, can just go on the line and then allow you to just yeah. chuck other guys in place to, to, to cause some hurt. Um, come on, Google. You can do it. I'll, while you look, I'll carry on. I've got a. Um, I've made a little start on my Hangover Bowl team, which is a little tournament running in, within the club. Um, I've. I've created a team, the Salty Knobs, which is uh, Orcs and Nurgle, which is the mix. We'll be talking about this later. Um, but yeah, I've been making a start on that using a sort of a rusty copper um, scheme that I've been using for Warcry. So I'm looking forward to painting them up like that. Um, oh, so that's I, saw, I saw your test model for that as well. That was, that was a great job. Yes. Yeah, so what? Yeah. So I've, I've the uh, the Warcry chap. Yeah. The, yeah. Him. Yeah. That's that's cool. Oh, I look forward to seeing that team as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, Fen Beast, uh, 150,000, movement three, strength six, edge one, armor nine, loner, foul appearance, mighty blow, really stupid, and regenerate. That's cool. That's really good. I can live with that. Strength six yeah. is massive. Strength six is, strength six is great. And you just chuck yeah. him on the line. And uh, as long as he's got a minder, then uh, you should be just, you should be just fine. Yeah. I think I'll bring him along. Two big guys, corn team. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, as for hobby for me, so I've got the Fanath team, which I went with the frogs. Um, I didn't go and get the all the models because there will be some I'll be able to get at a reduced cost when the dwarves come next year. But for now, I picked up uh, four blitzers, two catchers, a dude who is basically the thrower and a bunch of linesmen. So I can run them as pro elves, uh, dark elves, Amazons and slam. 
That's so good. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're quite cool. Because I'm thinking about running them as pro elves because actually that play style, I think, suits the models. They do look agile and fragile. Yeah. I think it I think it suits them. I'm not quite ready to run Slan because <laughs> although I, I love the idea of, of Slan, the Slan challenge, um, I just with the amount of new players in our league, they're quite a complicated team to come against. Yeah. Uh, I think just uh, destroying new people with elves is better for their learning. Do you reckon um do you reckon we'll be seeing a kids love team from Games Workshop as well? Oh, well, um they'll have to do something to follow up on the brilliance of a snotling team yeah so, that's true yeah i don't know it would be cool to see them do kislev in bretonian just i just i just don't know i mean kislev it's in the game so clearly games workshop are okay with the idea of it so yeah it'd be cool to see um it's a shame if they do properly get rid of the slam although they kind of already have um, but the slam were around in second edition yeah and and them having leap makes a lot more sense than a whole load of Blood Bowl teams that are all circus people. Yeah, it's a and stretch. All, it is. All have bears with chains on. So it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they did Kislev, but made the team very different. Yeah. Um, could possibly hybridize it with Corn or something. Um, yeah, that's true. Because because Corn is also a team that we don't know if Games Workshop are gonna. They're going to include, really. True. And I think in the law, isn't Kislev kind of quite chaosy? Corn overrun. That's where it kind of all came from, right? Uh, makes sense. No, Kislev's just Kislev's, Kislev's just on the edge of that. They're the last. Oh, okay. They're the the last uh, Russians before before chaos. They're they're right. they're pretty pretty angry bestial guys. I like yeah. Kislev's cool. Um, oh, I love I love the old old Warhammer world. <laughs> yeah so that's games that's hobby we've got projects on the go anything else you want to mention before we uh, move into our first topic i think we've covered everything fantastic right okay so the first topic is going to be talking about the bpcc which is the bonehead podcast coach championship so last episode we touched on tournament series tournament series and now it's time to talk about ours so just going to briefly touch on what the BPCC is, how it works, and what you can do to win. So, first things first. The BPCC is Burnout Podcast Coaches Challenge, and really, it's just a way to reward the coaches that go to our tournaments. So, that's not just from in each individual tournament. It's actually, as you go to multiple, you you level up, essentially. So, there's, there's two different angles. Excuse me. There's the the championship so to win player of the year so the big prizes at the end of the year will be player of the year team of the year club of the year stunty of the year and hobbyist of the year so those are our big awards and there will be minor awards as well most casualties most touchdowns uh, best defense basically the idea is that you kind of gain stuff across the entire year that is for the championship there's also what we're calling the series pro points and you earn these SPPs and then when you get to certain levels you level up in exactly in line with player with um, with the players in the game basically so you start zero SPPs as you gain them you go up and then when you get to six SPPs you become an experienced coach and um, you will get some BPCC tokens then when you get to 16 SPPs 
you go to become a veteran coach. You get BPCC tokens to show that you're a veteran coach, uh, which I'm going to get 3D printed, basically. And at that point, when you hit 16 SPPs, you will get a journeyman invitation to the next event. So as long as long as uh, along with winning trophies and prizes and accolades, you yourself as a coach accrue these SPPs and at certain events you can win journeyman invitations, which is basically a ticket and invite to say, hey, you did great in this tournament or look, you've earned 16 SPPs. We'd love for you. To, here's a ticket to Tombstone Tournament come along like on us you know if it's free get yourself involved the idea is to encourage coaches to come to more events and actually to reward those who play really well because blood bowl is a great game it's a great community great hobby but actually the winning aspect of it is something that you know we reward and it's just it allows that a little bit of that little bit of a grind so there are there are two elements of it which i said which is basically you go along to tournaments you win championship points and the championship points go towards your end of year score and the person with the most points wins player of the year etc um and you but your spps which you also earn at the same time they you stay they you, you keep them forever or for at least as long as the bpcc runs so you know you can go along to a couple of tournaments and then you win some points and actually next year you go along to a couple more and you know you never know you might hit that second level and get an invite to another tournament or you can do really well in an individual tournament and on the basis of those individual results get you know special prizes and bonuses so i've rambled on about that what do the scores go towards so bpcc championship points will be used to determine the player of the year team of the year and club of the year awards and various other prizes such as stunty player of the year spps would also be earned by coaches to gain ranks in line with the blood bowl player levels to unlock rewards, a coach's SPPs will never go away and will add up season after season, unlocking more and more rewards. What do the points and how do you get the points? So the championship points line up with the tournament points of the event. So at the moment, we've got our four Bonehead podcast events. So Beachhead, Bonehead Bowl, Sewer Bowl and Tombstone. But I'm looking to include a couple of other events in that as well. And um, it's looking like this. Uh, 30 points for a win or 20 points for a win if it's a short format, such as Bubble Sevens. Uh, draw 10 points, and then you get bonus points for touchdowns, casualties, and no touchdowns allowed, which is exactly the tournament format we've used um, for our last three tournaments. And also, the, it's basically the same thing that I use at Touchdowns Tuesday, at Tuesday Touchdowns of Bubble Sevens night. There are some bonuses. So championship points bonuses. So finishing in the top eighth of a tournament uh, will get you 10 extra points. And that's one award per eight coaches rounded up for the day of the event. So if you're in a 16 man event, the top two coaches will get an extra 10 points towards their championship score. Fan favorite, uh, you get plus 10 points. And um, this, this and best team, uh, they both have to be voted on by the competitors. And again, that's one award per eight coaches. So you go to a tournament and if you come first for fan favorite or it's a bigger tournament you come one two three if you're in the top eight of fan favorite votes you win some extra points and best team as well which i've developed this after chatting with ian uh, a couple of episodes ago um what episodes literally last episode uh, best team so this now works in exactly the same way so there is a trophy for best team there is a trophy for fan favorite but you will earn points if you come second, third, fourth, depending on how big the tournament is. Because actually, 
yeah, a lot I think of it's people... nice to include that. Just like it, it's really nice to sort of put the effort in for a hobby and get rewarded for that. Well, we've seen this at all of our tournaments. It's come, some some of the players have put in some brilliant effort, and it kind of it, it kills me a little bit to have just one trophy to give away. And you know, even if you don't win the trophy, if you come second or third, you know, in the best team votes. You still get some bonus points for your SPPs and for your championship, and you get yeah. like this little thing to say, actually, you know, I was I was in the best I was in the best teams as well, which was quite cool. Yeah, so, cool. And SPPs basically is everything I just said, but divided by ten. So three points for a win, three SPPs for a win, uh, two SPPs for a BB7 wins, and plus one for a draw, and then plus one for a top eight finish, plus one for top eight finish in fan favorite, and top eight of best team so the the while you get the most points by winning games you know it's you're still rewarded for, for modeling well for being a good coach to play against because i think those are really important to blubble yeah it's a hobby game it is it's, it's got that that hobby trifecta so i mentioned journeyman invitations so this is what i'm kind of hoping that we'll get some some coaches next year and they'll be able to chain together wins or good results and basically just avoid paying ticket costs which should hopefully encourage people to attend more tournaments and just encourage more uh, people more people to come to the tournament so any coach receiving bonus spp for finishing in the top eighth of a tournament will earn a journeyman invitation to the next event in the bpcc uh, a journeyman invitation will allow a coach a free entry to event if attendance is confirmed at least one month prior um, basically, if you win an event or you come top two or three in a 16 or 24 man um, tournament, we'll give you an invitation, a free ticket for the next one to encourage you to go to that next event as well. So that's how your individual coach scores go up, um, either for the year or for all time with SPPs. But the, the cool thing, and I've not seen this done, is we want people to make teams and clubs as well. So when it comes to to clubs basically when you sign up to the bpcc or at least when you register before the first event you can choose your your war game club basically so we've got wobble um there's a lot of guys that go to entoyment they might choose to say they're from entoyment you know we played against the, the fobble lot in the fobble wobble cup if they come to some bonehead things and, and really what we're doing is we're just encouraging coach uh, coaches or teams from from clubs to come along and say hey wobble won the BPCC last year because uh, loads of our wobble guys went and they scored loads of points and it was really great. It's a it's a bit of a throwaway, but um, if you, if your club wins, you you will get some prizes um, in the form of a, some like a little plaque, a little trophy, and a couple of invitations for um, basically journeyman invites for your club to give away. It's nice to play as a club as well. I really enjoyed that when we played against the other club. You know, I, I know you mentioned it in the podcast before, but the real team spirit it's um it's nice it's good honestly playing fobble wobble was one of those things that i really loved and i really want to encourage and actually if we can find a way to get that team spirit across multiple events that would that i'm not going to say it will change the face of blood bowl but it might add an extra element that we currently don't have yeah absolutely and talking about teams you're going to be basically able to form teams of several coaches um so if someone like something like wobble where we've got 20 coaches you would not be able to have you can have a club which is separate basically everybody from that club scores points it's not a, it's not it's kind of like a, a 
a side thing that actually there are just more people at some clubs and those clubs will do better if if next year actually we need to balance it out we can but so team points coaches can sign themselves up to a team via the registration page or by contacting us through email teams can have between two and four coaches so uh, and each coach can only be part of one team in each bpcc event a team will score team points equal to the top two individual championship points earned by that team at that event this is intended to balance out the events where one or two team members uh, can't actually come so ben uh, let's say that you, Lewis, Ian and Sam formed Wobble One and you were like, this is our team. And you all went to one of the BPCC events. Uh, only your top two scores would work. But you yeah. couldn't but you couldn't change your team in between. So where we have got Wobble, actually, what I'd like to see is two or three BPCC teams being formed like wobble one wobble b wobble three or whatever and actually that might create a little bit of competition as well um with a little bit of a team picking as and it just could be cool and the stuff that i'm doing with the swtc at the moment to try and just demonstrate that blood bowl is a bit there's there's more to be found there i'm hoping that this year will be explored with the bpcc hopefully we get some teams built actually we might be able to make it a bit more of a spectator thing a bit more of a you can follow it like you can a sport that would be really fun you know like one of the best things about blood bowl is the league play and leveling up your players seeing the other teams compete you know try and see where you are and having that outside of blood bowl but still blood Bowl. you know you know what i mean but having that like another layer to that where you can see your team compete with other teams and your divisions and things like that that's just so exciting you know that's really part of what makes blood bowl great well, you, you're exactly right. It's just trying to take that, trying to take some of the best parts of Blood Bowl and just making them last longer. <laughs> you know, yeah, letting, you, letting you build up a bit of excitement for an event. Because imagine if when we did Wobble Wobble, Wobble Cup, it was part of a, a series of, you know, three or four other tournaments where over time your points go up and you rank up and you can see what's going on and you can see where you stand and you can sort of plan out and say, <gasps> right we can uh, we can take first place if we score really well or they don't score well and it can create those grudge matches and that little extra game outside of the game where i think there's a lot of room to grow with blood bowl yeah i really agree and uh, the other thing to mention before we sort of break down the this little update is um the best team uh, points so best team will be awarded best team points will be awarded when there is a vote basically so if you go to an event and the coaches at the event choose the best team and that can be whatever it means to them um your your best team points for from everything uh accumulates across the entire year so ben you're a pretty prolific modeler um it wouldn't surprise me if you ended up scoring quite a lot of best team votes and at the end of the year you know came first second third overall for the entire year of being the best team coach basically and just getting i appreciate what you're doing to my ego but you know it's entirely <laughs> dependent if ian's going <laughs> well you know yeah, it, yeah he he can he can definitely pull out some really great teams but think about some of the some of the guys we've seen do some brilliant things so drew like i mentioned earlier joe yeah. solo um you know oh, nick who, who brought the giant and everything the giant the chaos halflings um yeah we've seen some great stuff and okay Absolutely. maybe they didn't quite get all the votes but it was really close and they earned the extra points and it would just be great to say you know at the end of the year like 
I scored 27 best uh, best team votes and that put me second. And I didn't win the trophy, but at least, I, you know, I've got a little thing that says you came second in the best team overall all the year. That's just so cool. Yeah. No, that is great. That's it's one of the aspects I'm looking forward to most, I think. Yeah. And that's um, that was what Ian suggested based on, I think, some of the stuff the AOS guys do. Uh, and it, the whole thing is there just to tie it in. Yeah. So BPC Roundup. We've got four events, and at these events, you score points, you can form teams, your teams can score points. We'll keep updates on leaderboards. Um, I'd like to do players and team interviews just to try and add a bit of, you know, a bit of sports magic to it. But the four events so far, we've got Beachhead on the 8th of February at the BIC. Mentioned it earlier in the episode. Going to be doing an SWTC show about it soon, talking about the teams and the builds and what you can do at that event. Um, I'm really excited for that one. Um, and I'm hoping to get a little mini YouTube series on the go soon uh, called Are You Beachhead Ready? Which is just going to be uh, <laughs> to be talking to some of the coaches that are going to Beachhead, what teams they're taking, and just to add a little bit of uh, a little bit of interest to the, to the cool builds. We've got Bowenhead Bowl coming up in May, which is our mixed teams, which is always great fun. Yeah. Um, we've got Sewer Bowl, which is a sevens tournament in August, and we've got Tombstone, which will be horror-themed secret team nonsense uh, in October. Um, in addition to that, there might be a couple of other events that come up that we can include in the BPCC. Um, the idea just to get more coaches to play more Blood Bowl, because ev- everybody knows more Blood Bowl is more better. Absolutely. Just Even if it's, you know, you can squeeze in a little one day or somewhere just get some points it'd be, it'd be great and that's it you, you score yeah. some points you get you get to anti spps so you yeah. know you only need two wins at a tournament to get to that second level where you get your bpcc tokens you can just use as as tokens in your game and actually you know what you earned them and um, you earned them yeah so if you are in the area if you're not and you want to come down like as someone who was previously before i've only been playing blood bowl like, but a couple of years but you know even that um like i was i was hesitant at tournaments first you know i I didn't know what to expect but honestly it's such a blast if you're on the fence and you're in the area just come along it's small investment for a great day of fun and everyone's brilliant everyone's great it's just playing games and it's not hyper competitive everyone's just there to have a good time yeah it's not hyper competitive and undoubtedly there's some people doing some really great things and the, the worst not the worst but the most dangerous aspect of tournaments is that uh if you do something silly with your team build, with the models, with you know, that you're going you're, you're gonna to be in exactly the right place to be appreciated. And that just encourages absolute nonsense, I found. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> which, is, which is really, really, really cool. So just a quick one for Beachhead Bowl. Um, it is da, 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 Saturday, the 8th of February, and it will be a nine o'clock registration. And the first match is at 10.30. Um, so you get to mooch around the convention before that even happens. And we've got an hour for lunch as well. So you can mooch around the convention, do that whole, oh, do I want this? Do I not want this? And then at lunchtime, you can go and buy it. And we'll still wrap up by half six for awards. That's the plan for that day. Brilliant. What a good um, location as well. Oh, at the BIC. It's going to be oh, fantastic. Mate. There's going to be lots of different tournaments going on. It should be a really great day. And a couple of cool things about this event is, you can, like we mentioned earlier, you can take a Fenbeast because it's set in Albion, which is an old Warhammer setting. And uh, you can hire a Fenbeast for 150. 3619, Loader, Foul Appearance, Mighty Blow, Really Stupid Regenerate. So I'm expecting to see a bunch of those at the event. 
Yeah, it's a good tree man. Oh, it's yeah, it's just like a leveled yeah. up tree man. Um, and teams can team construction. We are looking at 1100 build, and then you can spend a certain amount depending on your tier on upgrades. So tier one uh, gets a hundred thousand, tier two gets 150, and tier three gets 200. And you can buy skills or you can buy stat upgrades, but players receiving a stat increase cannot receive any additional upgrades. So you can take that strength for Wood Elf War Dancer, but you can't give him strip ball. So, you know, it's not quite that bad. That's uh, if you need and, to. Well, that's it. And then, you know, but that is half your build. Yeah. The, I, think the, I think the cool one for this will be uh, tier three. You get 200 grand to spend on your goblin halfling or ogre team and I'm, so, I'm literally sitting here right now building my ogres and i'm thinking 1100 and then an extra 200k on stat ups could be yeah. ridiculous fun the, the noblas don't count well they will in the tournament because oh, you're, okay. you're buying them yeah. yeah i mean that's the big thing that's going on everywhere at the moment is with the new upgrade which we'll talk about in the next segment um yes. how it will affect tournament play but i really don't think it will yeah, but you know it's it's different. We'll see where they where they lie in this tournament. Well, yeah, absolutely. Right, thank you for letting me talk very uh very at, at length about the BPCC. But you, uh, everybody out there listening, if you're interested, um, please let me know uh, because the information for the BPC will be going up just at the end of the month, so that you can get signing up ready for our first event in February. So for our second topic, we are going to be carrying on ogres. So we've got our hands on the ogre spike a few days early and we're going to talk through what's inside. So it's Saturday today when this episode comes out. You should already have seen uh, the YouTube video posted just doing a quick unboxing of the ogres um, and the pitch and everything. And I've got to say, I'm so excited about this release. I was already because ogres are great fun, but these models are awesome. They've got so much character. And I talk about this in the unboxing, but if if you've got someone that's just like, yeah, I like a bit of Blood Bowl, I like a bit of painting, just get convince them to pick up the Ogre Box. There's so much character in it. There's quite a lot of customization. It's just, ah, I'm literally in love with this box. I'm so happy. And I'm so happy I've got two so I can run it all, all, all Noblar team. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I had to gush very, very quickly. But obviously there's a lot of stuff that is different to what we did last uh, last episode when we did yeah. bonehead basics so we are going to go through the primary changes and just talk through uh the rules and some of the fantastic new rules as well um and uh, we will sort of muse around how it's going to affect the actual team so the first thing to talk about is the new positional yeah i think shout out to sabil because i think he got this on the nose in his prediction in the last episode he, he did he, he's got some uh, i think he's got some inside knowledge there yeah yeah he's, he's he absolutely got it right so we have got so ogres have gone from 0 to 6 to 0 to 5 and we've got a new positional called the runt punter who is uh 0 to 1 um 150,000 5529 so normal ogre stats but 10k more um, we've got Bonehead, Kick Teammate, which is a new skill, Mighty Blow and Thick Skull. And the only other change is that this model can take passing access on a single instead of a double. Which is which is a really big deal. 
it, it kind of is. It, it's, it's right. So we'll talk about this bit first. So the advantage of having pass access on an on an ogre is first of all, so you can take leader on a single, yeah. which in league play, like you say, Ben, is brilliant because you guarantee as soon as you get a level up if you don't roll a doubles or something cool you can just take leader which will massively help your team develop um yeah. and we, we spoke a lot in the last episode about or do do you go for the four ogres four re-rolls five ogres two re-rolls or the uh the jared six o six ogres <laughs> no re-rolls which is just heroic still yeah i think only second in heroism to running an all Noblar team, which I think I'm gonna have to try in our league. Yeah, um, yeah, because it's just awesome. <laughs> I don't know, two plus everywhere. Yeah. Um, so the brother run punter has got kick teammate, so he's lost throw teammate and he gets kick teammate. So what we're gonna do is we're just gonna talk through that skill, which is a new extraordinary skill. Um, really to just talk about how it works. Uh, let me flick through to the. So something that um, we noticed, I'm sure many other people noticed, is, you know, this is only somewhat new. Um, we had Grack and Crumbleberry, who are kind of the and they, the Warhammer World exclusive star player duo that's technically not uh, Brickfarth and Grotty. Well, yeah, hopefully it won't replace them, and it hasn't replaced them in this book, spoilers, but, um, you know, that yeah, that was definitely the, the look it was going after. Yeah, so the skill existed, but it has changed quite a little bit. It really um, has. It yeah. really has. Yeah, it used to be more like kicking a teammate as if you were kicking the ball, where you sort of place them in a square, they scatter D8, it's kind of D6 distance. Um, all, all of the negative stuff, like if they go too far, they're more likely to be injured, that's still kept the same. But they've changed it, whereas instead of doing that, you're kicking them in a straight line. So if you want to... Yeah. Which is, which is which is very, very cool. So, yeah. kick teammate. Uh, when a player with this skill makes a blitz action... They can kick an adjacent teammate who must have the right stuff skill instead of throwing a block. No block roll is made. Instead, the target player is kicked as if they, as if they were the ball. The coach declares whether they will roll a d6 for a short kick or a 2d6 for a long kick. If they rolled 2d6 and scored a double, the kicker has been a little too enthusiastic. Make an injury roll for the target player, treating stunned results as KO'd. As if they were carrying the ball. Uh, if they were carrying the ball, it bounces from where they were, from the square they were in. So basically, you get to choose whether you're going to kick them one one d six or two d six. And if you go for the two d six and you roll a double, they are at least knocked out. So basically, you just kick that knoblar into oblivion, and the ball stays put in the square <laughs> or bounces from the square they're in, and that knoblar is gone. Um, which <laughs> which which I think is really really cool. Yeah, I don't think you'd be using this one for uh, touchdown attempts. <laughs> oh, yeah, only if it's really bad. Yeah. Um, now, we'll talk about why you would use this skill in a minute. So, But um, otherwise, the kick player is moved in a straight line directly away from the kicking player's square, a number of squares equal to the total that was rolled on the dice. Then they scatter three times. The kick player does not count as entering any square they move through, uh, except the one they end up in after scattering. Um, if the kick player moves off the pitch, they land among the crowd and are sent to the KO'd box of the dugout. If they're carrying the ball, it'll be thrown back on as normal, starting from the last square, etc. If the final square they scatter into is occupied by another player, treat the player landed on as knocked down and roll for armour. Uh, and then the player being kicked will scatter one more square, basically as per normal landing rules. Um, then there's one adjustment. 
So see the right stuff entry to determine how gracefully the player lands. So basically take your edge test. But if the player moves six, seven or eight squares, it's an extra minus one. And if they move nine or more squares before scattering, uh, it's a minus two. He's so likely to die. It's it's incredible, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? It's just incredible. So can you think of a time? Can you think of a, a good reason to use this skill? Oh, yeah. Straight into a cage, you know? They've got a cage like three or four squares deep and you choose the D6 roll. Your odds are pretty good. You're just you kicking know. a noblar, noblar fireball at them. Yeah, he's gonna he's he's really likely to get injured from kicking him. So you may yeah. as well take out some players along the way, right? And you know what? When I played Ogres before, using Snotlings as ammunition is, is great fun. Now you've got a way to do it twice in one turn. Yeah. Oh yeah. The downside is it uses your blitz. It That's does use your blitz. It does use your blitz um and you this is just this is going to make for very heroic touchdowns yeah well <laughs> that's super 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 rare don't roll doubles um, and land on a six yeah <laughs> yeah i know exactly but that in itself is worth some extra extra that's that's worth an mvp i think um yeah. definitely so it's a cool skill it's very different it's going to get used for the first couple of games in a league because, oh, my God, I can kick people. Uh, but then after that, probably not quite so much. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't give you a lot of tactical tactical flexibility. The the other thing about the run punter, which is a bit of a disappointment, is that they've got kick teammate instead of throw teammate. So that mm-hmm. pass access, which could have been incredible for throwing. So literally by taking pass or... You know, they can already take strong, but by pass or nerves of steel, yeah, on a regular, it could have just made an ogre that was better at throwing instead of one that does kicking. So anyway, bit unusual, it's, isn't it? Really, it's a bit it unusual. Is, it is a bit unusual. It is, it is cool. Like hands down, it is very cool. It does change the ogre team a bit because you can't take all six throwers, but you can still smash with them, and it's not going to cause too much. Uh, I think much it's difficulty. Yeah, I think it's enough to shake up the field. You know, the fact that it cost 10k more, people already had, like, the maths worked out, and obviously there's the other skill we're going to be talking about. But, um, yeah, the fact that it cost 10k more, you can basically forego the 70k for the reroll if you're planning on taking leader eventually, so you, you don't have to think too hard about that. It, it shakes it up, which I think is it good does. for a team with previously only two positions. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And we'll go on to that next change now. So the other tweak to the roster is that the Noblars uh, now come with an extra skill called Disposable. And this, this you're right, Sabeel did 100% call this in the last episode. Um, so Disposable. Some teams feel players of great skill and ability. Others, however, do not. Whilst most teams will hire capable players and pay them a fair wage, some teams will happily take on the most useless of players to fill out the ranks. Readily available, easily easily replaceable, and usually willing to work for a pittance. Such players fill gaps in the rosters, but rarely do much more. When calculating team value, the amount of gold pieces spent to purchase a player with a skill is not included in the total. This is exciting, isn't it? It's very, very, very cool. So basically what that means is in a league, you reduce your TV by 20 for every, every, uh, every noblar on the list. Um, so if they level up, they still have to pay for their level ups. So, yeah. you know, if you score that sweet strength to uh, Noblar, he's still going to cost 50k, um, which is still which is just better than 70. 
though, to be fair. Yeah. The the confusing thing, which I know you mentioned earlier, is how this is going to work in tournaments. Yeah. And we're seeing loads of posts on the Blood Bowl community about this uh, because people are asking that asking that very very that that very question. Like, uh, does this mean that we get extra gold in tournaments now? Um, because as far as league goes, basically, if you start off with a um, a five ogre, eight snotling team, you will basically get you you basically are eight forty as a TV starting, which means mm-hmm. you should get extra inducements, which is really cool and makes makes the ogre team more exciting um because you get to use the extra stuff so goblins have the reduced bribes and their special weapons halflings have the master chef you know which they can take at a reduced amount now the ogres essentially get extra inducements to take because the noblars just aren't people yeah it's flexible <laughs> i really like it it's, it's very unique yeah it's it's real cool and the best thing to pair it up with is one of the new inducements, which we will move on to real quickly now. And that inducement is called Riotous Rookies. Oh, you're excited about this. I am so excited about this. It's so cool. So, 0 to 1 Riotous Rookies uh, available to Ogre teams. Uh, Ahead of the game, the head coach ventures outside the stadium armed with handfuls of small change and dried beans, which they fling to the adoring crowd, telling them that they have been hired. And this game is their big break in Blood Bowl. Regardless of how many players are available for this game, and in addition to any journeyman the team games for free to make up for any lack of players, your team gains an additional 2d3 plus 1 journeyman for this game. These fresh-faced young hopefuls may take the number of players in the team's roster temporarily above 16. They are normal journeyman players in every other respect, and unless hired in the post-game sequence, they disappear. So, we're talking about that. Five, that five ogre build where you've got eight snotlings so you get 160k to spend on inducements you take riotous rookies okay you've got eight plus five you've got 13 players now you get an extra 2d3 plus one so you get to fill out your ranks with snotlings you have to pay the money for it they don't cost you tv and then you can basically always bank on being able to pull an extra 2d3 snotlings which is like an extra four five six snotlings yeah, I'm sorry, Noblars every game. Yeah, getting three, is, you know, kind of sucks because you're technically more expensive. You, but the you, moment you yeah, get you, seven, yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's I absolutely love this inducement, and because from playing ogres, what happens is as you level up your ogre team, you essentially fill out the slots of. Uh, of noblars with with ogres so you get up to five six ogres and then actually you end up with only you know x noblars and noblars are fragile as you can be so you end up running out of players real quick um and you end up with six ogres on the pitch and two noblars actually if you've got another five in reserve you can still you can always run 11 players which means you can always protect your ogres and just get in the way with snotlings, and you've always got that option. And I think that's I think that's probably going to be the most potent change for the ogre team is this right at rookies thing, which is just basically going to keep your bench there forever. Absolutely. And journeyman snotlings are basically just regular snotlings. You well, barely yeah. need to reroll anything on them. It's only what do we say? Like the landing and the ball pickup. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Landing ball, ball pickup. Pick and that occasional three die up blitz 
which you just you know which you just yeah. have to make well. <laughs> it's got to be done yeah exactly and I don't know it just gives you more ammunition to throw snotlings at other players and to kick snotlings at the, kick noblars at other players see i'm being very careful not to call them snotlings now because yeah there is a hundred percent a snotling team coming <laughs> um it just depends on whether they'll have the same stats or different stats yeah cool so that is the riotous rookies thing and the other thing on that is and this is this is where my craziness comes in is you take that all noblar team and then you get riotous rookies on top of it and a whole bunch of other inducements <laughs> you know like a slave giant which we, we'll talk about in a minute yeah. and this team just just quickly becomes it becomes the 26th team in blood bob you know yeah. it just becomes a different team that you have not played against before and all right it's 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 probably tier 3.5 but um you know or maybe tier 4 in a tier 3 system but it it's just it will just be really great fun to play you mentioned the snotling other oh, sorry the noblar team well i think the other inducement could help with that uh, oh most definitely so the next inducement is bottles of heady brew or heady brew which we've seen from the halfling spike and this is the one that's available to halfling ogre and snotling teams so get building those trolls guys because the snotling team is coming in several years time but still it's coming um so these bottles of magic juice they are forty thousand gold pieces each um halflings enjoy a fine ale every bit as much as they enjoy fine food many halfling ales are particularly potent and prone to making the more diminutive players uncharacteristically fighty and troublesome it's not uncommon for stunty blood ball players to be closed or to be dosed with a bottle before kickoff by a wily coach this effect can have the effect it can have on them is pretty extreme and this is the fun bit at the start of a drive after setting up but before the kickoff the coach of the team with this inducement may randomly select d3 players with the stunty skill on the pitch by the remainder of that drive those players gain the dauntless frenzy and really stupid skills that's ridiculous dauntless so, is not dauntless frenzy snotlings is just awesome all right okay let's let's assume you play a normal team so everybody's strength three what do you need to do to to get that up is it is it just a three plus i think it is just a three plus isn't it yeah yeah that's what you is need it, is it a three plus or a four plus do you have I to think roll you just need to match it don't you do you oh let's it, does this. it roll and add your strength yeah i can't remember because we talked about dauntless multiple block the other week and i think i've confused myself so Right, Dauntless, da, da 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 If the total is equal or lower than the opponent's strength, the player must block using his normal strength. So, okay, you do. it's going to be a 4-plus to get a 1-die block, yeah. but that's still, for a 20k person, is so fun. Could be three 20k players. <laughs> three players get it. Well, that's it. And you know what? You are going to definitely have all that money to buy... The the the, the heady brew. You get some cool star players. You can definitely get at least one wizard. You can probably induce Horatio Schottenheim as well. Um, yeah. And you just absolutely going crazy with inducements. Maybe get some special play cards, and really just in really just explore the stuff in Blood Bowl you don't normally get a chance to play with. Um, for example, drunk rowdy <laughs> noblars. Yeah, and even if it goes on an ogre, because it's random D three, it could go on an ogre. 
I think um, it with Frenzy is still pretty good. Don't this isn't oh, going to do much, but no, it, Frenzy? It's, it's it's only players, so select D3 players with the stunty skill. Oh, I missed that part. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that, that would be amazing otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> that would be super amazing. And on Wizards, we've got the Firebelly. So those of you who used to play Warhammer in the 6th, 7th edition will remember this weird ogre blowing flames out of his mouth. I think he's still a nail, actually. It's, oh, well, that's, it's yeah. a great model, to be fair. And um, they now get him as a wizard in Blood Bowl. So, uh, da, 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 da. Uh, while many races find it appropriate to place their wizards and priests in hide-bound colleges and rely on eccentric old coots to teach them, ogres take a more flexible approach. For a fire belly, this means trial by fire that involves eating fiery spices, fiery beetles, and finally eating the fiery lava of the Firemouth Volcano. Delicious. And Ogre's imagination is clearly not so hot. Uh, those few that survive become wandering barbecue chefs and many find ready employment at Blood Bowl Stadium. Such individuals can easily be convinced to stand on the sidelines, spitting hot fire across the pitch and woe betide anyone that gets in their way. So, really cool. So, yeah, for all intents and purposes, the Firebelly is a wizard. It takes up your wizard spot. Um, oh, yeah, you can't run Horatio and wizard. Because Horatio counts as a wizard. Oh, that's oh, sad. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is sad. Oh, well. Oh, it does well, give a little disclaimer there, doesn't it? It does, yeah. It's the right thing to do. Yeah. So, it's got two spells. and The first is Fireball, which is regular Fireball, but cast either at the start of any of your turns, before any player performs an action, or immediately after your turn has ended, even if it ended with a turnover. Choose a target square anywhere on the pitch, roll a d6 to hit each standing player from either team that is either in that square or next to it. Um, basically, if four plus, you knock them down and mighty blow them to the ground. Uh, da, 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 da. Usual things apply. So, all right, 150k, and you've got a auto landing fireball that can four plus everything. So you were just talking about kicking snotlings at a cage. If that doesn't work, a fire belly throwing a fireball might. Yeah, it's pretty reliable. <clears throat> like, I think this is pretty similar to how it works in Blood Bowl Two, isn't it? If play that this is the classic fireball um yeah. so yeah you, you've got the they've got the dwarf cage you can fireball at the beginning of the turn you're going to take down statistically half of the players there and then you know what okay you've got bonehead but on a two plus blitzing with a strength five whatever is is, is pretty great you know yeah. reveal that ball carrier get in there with a the strength five chuck some runs around the edge to, to strap the players and you get a two die block on their ball carrier magic yeah Talking of magic, we have Column of Fire, which is the second spell. So, cast this spell immediately after your turn has ended, even if it ended with the turnover. Choose any square that is adjacent to one of the sidelines to be the Column of Fire's starting point. The Column of Fire moves in a straight line from its starting point directly towards the opposite sideline. Roll a d6 for each standing player from either team that occupies a square in that path. Um, and again, roll the dice on a 4+, plus, they're knocked down. And make an armor roll as if they had mighty blow. So, what do you reckon to that? You know what my first thought of this was is, you know, when it's turn sixteen and you're a stunty team, you know, and everyone lines up on the end to your throw teammate <laughs> to block you from getting in. Oh, but yeah. it happens after your turn actually. So maybe yeah, that's not I, possible. I, I think they've probably thought that as well. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know what? If you if you have this in the bank and you take the first turn in a game. Yeah. 
you know they're lined up oh, yeah you know you you chuck on some you chuck on some snoppings um <clears throat> you chuck on some noblars to survive the line or whatever and actually you just you either just try smacking everyone around um or you just take out their line of scrimmage yeah i mean that's pretty good i mean it's very good it could be brilliant fun however you know you're ogres so you kind of want as many of your guys on the line and the idea is that you don't have anybody on theirs left standing but um i think uh oh no it's it hits them oh that's a shame i thought it i thought the fireball might hit them if they were on the ground as well because that would be great but it doesn't which is it's for each standing player that's oh, a shame yeah. Yeah. that would have been that would have been quite entertaining so you kind of have to ignore the line of scrimmage if you want to hit them all the way <clears throat> yeah it's it's going to be a tricky one um, yeah personally i think is a great one for that uh <laughs> that noblar team you set up your guys you dodge them all away from the line of scrimmage and then you just nuke it with a column of fire yeah I, I, it's, it's it's interesting it's nice that because i mean fireball is always really good i know i've played limited amount of blood bowl too i've sort of watched more fireball tends to be the spell that people use you know people induce the wizard they cast fireball um, so the fact you have that, then and also a little bit more of a situational extra that you can choose instead. Like, yeah, it, it's good. It's, it's cool flexibility. I think this is probably one of the best wizards. Um, you know, you get two different spells and they're both good. Yeah, they are both very good. Yeah, so I recommend the Firebelly. And it's available to Chaos Renegades and Ogres, Ben. So Oh, Renegades can take this. Oh, there you go. Yeah, welcome to your new wizard. Yeah. Um, be safe. Have fun. Yeah. I've got to get myself a fire now. <laughs> it's really cool. So I, I want a disclaimer, actually. I know yeah, we, we mentioned got. the Horatio. I know yes. to the paragraph that says it is worded confusingly, so maybe we could talk about this just, just very briefly. Okay, what do we got? It says, no team may hire more than one wizard per match. Note here that Horatio is a wizard. All wizards are infamous coaching staff, and hiring a wizard will take up one of the zero to two infamous coaching staff permitted. Wizards other than Horatio are not named characters, and there is no restriction on both teams being the same type. What does that mean? Ah, so in Death Zone One or Two, Death Zone Two, I think there was a bunch of um, named extra coaches that you can get. Uh, so there was a Goblin one, there was the Wizard one, there was a couple of others. Um, basically, you can take up to two special coaches, and a Wizard now counts as a special coach. Um, okay. It's just, it's just they're not, they're not unique. So only one Schottenheim can be taken, and he only costs eighty, but his fireball was not so good. Um, but he will be one. He will be your only wizard. So, okay. Yeah, it's a shame because the double wizard would be great fun. Yeah. Um, but you know, we, we can we can we can league rule that. That'd be fine. <laughs> Five wizards. <laughs> hey, I'm I'm a big fan of putting wizards on the pitch, and that's definitely something uh, that I want to run out in a to- in a topic next year. Yeah. Quite, quite soon. Oh, we have. I think it's uh, I think it's great fun. So, star players. This is not going to take very long at all. Um, last episode, we talked about some of the CRP star players that are available. We didn't go through everybody because we didn't know who was going to be there. And it is not a lot. So, yeah, they got five star players and one golden era star player. So uh, they get Bomber and Nobler. So that's the bomb throwing goblin and the chainsaw goblin. They get Morgan Thorg, who everybody knows because he is the current premium ogre star player. 
They also got uh, Big Jobo Hairyfoot, which was a halfling one. So Big Jobo is 120 for movement four, strength three, edge two, armor eight, dirty player, stand firm, stunty tackle, wrestle, loner, halfling. Mm, good really, yeah, really weird though. Wrestle's great, um, and he's got stunty. He doesn't have dodge, so you can yeah. dodge some. You can dodge in somewhere on a three plus, but the, the advantage of stunty is they have that dodge to one protect them and to two just you know be cheeky and jump in somewhere and take them out. Yeah, it's all right on the line though, and the fact you can sort of you can get them up and foul. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know you've got bomber for sixty, you've got uh, nobbler for one hundred and thirty. Um, and to be fair, with the way noblers, uh, with the way noblars are, you could probably fit uh, morgue in a, in a noblar build quite easily. Or if you don't want to take morgue, and your league allows it, yeah, <laughs> I'd say, we're nearly going to the A team beginning, aren't we? If yeah. you can find him <laughs> and you can hire him, you can use Bob Bifford. So Bob is a golden era star player, which means most tournaments and most leagues won't allow them because some of them are ridiculous. I don't think Bob is that ridiculous. Uh, well, he is very good. He is, and he, is, he's, yeah. he, he walks over Morg, in my opinion. He is better than Morg, and it's yeah. very sad. However, it is the Bob Bifford. So this is Bob Bifford in his glory years. 380,000, movement five, strength six, Edge two, armor ten. So a tank. That's strength six ogre yeah. uh, with plus one armor as well. And he comes with one or two skills. We've got block, break tackle, juggernaut, loner, mighty blow, multiple block, throw teammate, and thick skull. And can do so, so yeah, we've got a, a break tackle strength six. So he's dodging anywhere he wants on a two plus, basically. He's got uh, block, which is just amazing. He's got Mighty Blow, which is standard. He's got multiple blocks, so you can stick him on the line and make two strength four blocks, essentially, with yep. block. And if you do Blitz with him, he's got Break Tackle, so he can get you in there. And if you roll that both down and they've got block, you can just Juggernaut and push them out of the cage and into a somewhat one of your other players, all for the low, low price of 380 It's so, such a bargain. And, it's you, a, you know... With with the disposable skill, it's really reasonable for you to get 380. It actually is. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, you, you're taking seven, eight, nine, ten, uh, ten noblers. That's you know, you're halfway there to your Bob Bifford. That's yeah. really you're really playing a team that's 200k more than you, which is a very regular occurrence. Uh, and you could take Bob if your league allows it. Now ours don't because some of the other golden eras are a bit ridiculous. Yeah. And you know, I'm all for changing up and changing up the meta, but Bob just makes Morg just not not as good anymore. Um, it's 50k extra for you know you're getting plus move plus edge, losing sorry. some skill, losing a lot of skills. Yeah, um, you're losing a lot of skills. Yeah, plus move yeah. and plus edge is quite good. But um, it's not really necessary for what no. his job is, which is to smash a player. Yeah, Morg, Morg is a bruiser. Uh, uh, you know, Morg versus Bob. I think Bob would probably win out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is, it's still, it's quite cool. And you know what? Bob Bifford is iconic in Blood Bowl lore. Yeah. So it, it's really cool to see some stats for him. And from the design of the art, especially the build a Bob uh, on one of the pages, which I thought was quite cool, the model would be really cool. Yeah. 
So I'm hoping to see. Well, I've uh, seen a lot of models with him in his like trench coat with his microphone. Yeah. <laughs> but him as a player could yeah. be could be really really cool. So that does wrap it up for star players for them. And I think I mentioned this before. I'm really expecting to see the next few teams come out and then a star player compendium with star players from multiple teams. And I think that's the route they're going to go. Yeah. What with some models, do you think? Yeah, well, I hope so, because having five star players is just it's just not great. No. Yeah, but, the, the feedback has been mixed. Yeah, I mean, we saw this with the Lizards and we expected it for the Ogres. I'm gutted that Brickfarth and Grotty have gone. But yeah, especially, it's such a good discussion on them last time. <laughs> Seems like it's all... No, I mean, yeah. we knew they were going because they're just yeah. too much fun. Um, but the good thing is that most leagues and most tournaments are still going to be running the CRP stars uh, basically until 2016 is complete and there's an appropriate number because you, you just... You just they're not broken and um, you're just robbing people of different build choices. So, you know, I think it's great that we still got the CRP stuff to, to go back on. Yeah. But if you, if you do need another star player, uh, you can take a slave giant. Yes, you can. <clears throat> and you should. Oh, you should definitely. So uh, we've talked about it a couple of times in the podcast, the idea of using giant players with multiple square bases and um, Games Workshop delivered um, to a little bit of mixed feedback on the forums and things where people are like, ah, this is like the old school rules, uh, which nostalgia is great. Um, however, a lot of them have said the old school rules weren't that great. But <laughs> you can now induce a slave giant uh, who works exactly the same way as a star player. And a slave giant has the following profile. So slave giant. 400,000 gold pieces, so cheaper than Morg. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, cheaper than Morg. Uh, movement 6, Strength 7, uh, Adge 2, Armor 10. Skills, Always Hungry, Bonehead, Juggernaut, Loner, Mighty Blow, Multiple Block, Sporting Giant, Stand Firm, Throw Teammate, and any team can take them. Brilliant. It's the best uh, bit. It's just so cool. I mean, it's a great bunch of skills. Strength 7, Multiple Block, uh, mighty blow they've got juggernaut so if they do blitz you know you're, you're pushing them out of the way they've got yeah. stand firm they've got throw teammate and it's only bonehead it's only bonehead you know yeah and they're moving six, moving six quite yeah. but the downside is that they take up four squares so these guys need to go on big round bases so 60 or 70 mil bases um so slave giants are big bigger than ogres minotaurs trolls or any of the other big guys that regularly take to the blood bowl pitch any player with a sporting giant extraordinary skill is subject to the following rules. So base size and tackle zones. Unlike other players, a sporting giant occupies not one, but four squares on the pitch. Such players will always occupy four squares when they're standing up, when they're prone and when they are stunned. Additionally, the direction in which a sporting giant faces is as important uh, due to their immense size. Such players do not exert tackle zones on every square adjacent. Um, Basically, these guys only have tackle zones to the front and side. So the four squares to the rear of the models facing is a tackle zone free area. The idea being that actually the model's so big it can't see all the way around it because everyone's so small, which yeah. is okay. Um, it keeps the amount of tackle zones down. It does mean that they have got they take up two two squares on the front line. So if you put them on the line of scrimmage, they, they're taking up they've got a big a big presence. 
Yeah, the 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 rear tackle zone thing I think could be fairly confusing. I'm not sure. I think people get used to it quickly. I think we'll figure it out. Uh, finally, should any of the four squares occupied by a sporting giant's base be targeted by an in-game effect, such as a spell cast by a wizard, uh, the player is considered to have been hit by the effect, just as any other player would be. So, if, <laughs> unsurprisingly, it's easier to hit them with a fireball um, or anything <laughs> that scatters, which means if you're kicking players at a giant, yeah. it's easier to hit them, which is. is quite cool. So, movement. When a sporting giant moves, it does so just like any other player. Um, and it can move in any direction or combination of directions, including diagonally, as long as they do not enter a square occupied by another standing player. So the reason it says that um, is, unlike other players, a sporting giant is large enough to simply step over downed players. Uh, a sporting giant may move over prone or stunned players as if if it had sufficient movement to do so. It just moves over them. Yeah. Uh, but it can't, can't end its movement on top of any other model. Yeah. For movement six, so this will be very unlikely. I don't yeah. think it'd be too hard. Uh, note that due to the large size of sporting giants' bases, they may find it impossible to move through small gaps. If at any point during its move, a sporting giant finds one or more of the four squares its base occupies obstructed by a standing player, it cannot move into that square. So it's going to be, it's going to be difficult to move around with these guys. Yeah, um, I, that, that's the thing. I think. When they need to move, like over players they can't bash, they can do so. But when they're next to a player, I think you're just going to smack them. So doing an elf column defense uh, against this against giant could be quite tricky. Although multiple yeah, block, yeah, you move that giant up. They can't blitz with multiple block, but actually, you you know, with the column you can smack two the front of two columns at the same time. Yeah, that could be great <laughs> So pushbacks, just like any other player, a sporting giant must be pushed back into empty squares. If this is not possible, then the sporting giant is pushed into one or more occupied display, uh, and then it just gets a pushback like normal. And if any part of the sporting giant space is pushed off the pitch, uh, that player goes into the crowd. So it's, it's just as tough as anything else to, to surf. Yeah. Uh, the cool thing is you get to re-roll uh, through a teammate if you fumble it, because these guys are massive. Oh, I did not see that part. Yeah, so bonehead and then re-rolling a fumble through a teammate makes them really effective. That is very good. And they don't suffer minus two to interceptions because they are tall. And if... So the scatter is interesting. They use a D16 instead of the D8 because they've got so many squares to go around and you just re-roll anything that's uh, over 13. They've got a good little template in there. So if it's the ball or if a player bounces off them. Um, what do you think to this? What do you think to these rules? I, I think they're just so fun. I mean, I love big guys. I mean, playing Chaos Renegades, you've got to. And, <laughs> yeah, it's, they're, they're just the biggest of big guys. I, that throw teammate caveat is, is really nice. to realize they have, because they have got Always Hungry. So, you know, it does still make it. It's an extra roll still. But the fact you can re-roll a fumble as well really helps with that. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I love them. I think, I think they're great rules. Um, I think there's a couple of really easy ways to distract them, though. I think because of the way they move, um, you can, well, I say sacrificing alignment. They get you're going to get like a two or three die block against them, but it will pen in that one player. Um, and then I believe technically, if you throw a snotling at a giant, the giant gets knocked down. Yeah, yeah, he would, wouldn't he? Is it Which, automatic armor roll? Uh, yeah. Knocked down with an armor roll. Yeah, knocked down with an armor roll. Yeah, Which, it's quite likely. 
<laughs> which is amazing. So, yeah, if anyone does run a giant against you, just throw a teammate at them and they will uh, David and Goliath it, which is really cool. The math is off, but we can pretend it's probably four times likely. <laughs> takes up four yeah. squares, the know. maths is massively off, but uh, yeah. you know what? It doesn't matter. It's just such, such a good fun. Yeah. I, I love this. So I just want to bring the competition out again. We've got a build a giant competition to win the ogre pitch. Um, this is the core rule for giant. Just we just want to have some suggestions for other giants, and we can talk anything. We can. T- we've got demons. We've got um, Skaven doom wheels. You know, a big extra, extra, extra death rollers for dwarves. You know, yeah. just let your imagination go wild because this is a really great basis. And now we've got a level for multiple multiple based models so you know let us know your ideas because there's got to be a lot of great ones out there and this is new design space that we can just unnecessarily plow into which makes me very yeah. very very excited we've had some great ones already oh, don't be really afraid have. to create your new skills they're, they're, they're no, it's always fun to read those skills, just just have yeah. great uh have, have great fun and let us know so ben that basically covers everything in everything exciting in the ogre rules what do you think i i this is one of i think i said this about the lizard minute release but this is one of my favorite releases so far um yeah i mean i'm a huge santi fan um this i think my opinion makes ogres into the 2.5 tier perhaps I, i'm confident i think this actually puts them really strong i think the bigger access to inducements is huge and you know the fact that you spend what 120k on no not that much no it's probably about 120k on snotlings yeah. and then suddenly you have 120k more in inducements for your first game and that's just you know that's a big deal and it, it, it is yeah. it goes a long way to balancing out that stunty element that you know what you get with the bribes for goblins and you get with the master chef um, yeah. from halflings uh, having the giant it, all teams is great and, yeah and I, I think you're right i think they've done a really good job uh bringing a unique element of balance to ogres so i know yeah. a lot of people were probably rightly worried that what they were going to do was just chuck a doom diver in or chuck a catcher in or just you know copy what they've done with the other stunties they've made ogres quite different with yeah. the builds with with what they do now actually they're, they're a swarm you get a swarm of little dudes and you get to take other things and your ogre teams will now play a lot differently to the other stunties and i think that's i think they've done a really good job doing that i agree yeah um the the downside is that everything here is league focused and it doesn't help in tournaments not really the riotous rookies is a great inducement to take to tournaments if you've got a spare 100k but you might just be better off taking five noblars um, but then is taking because they usually have a massive skill access. It's taking leader as a normal, helping you out when you don't have to spend 70k on a reroll. Yeah, yeah, you might be able to get one extra block in on your on your ogre, uh, but uh, you know it, it's 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 a minor adjustment as yeah. opposed to you know it would be interesting to see um, what tos do because there's a lot of people suggesting that the ogres get riotous rookies for free because okay. it it kind of mirrors how they work in league um so actually that's not a bad way of doing it i don't think that's what we'll do for our tournaments until we see how it affects others yeah. um, and i think the naf are probably going to have to consider these rules and make a recommendation for their tournaments because yeah give it an extra 2d3 plus 
um, on Noblar's would be really interesting because would you then just take 11 players and then rely on rolling good on the 2D3 to get extra players and spend that money elsewhere? I think I would, to be honest. I think I would. And that, again, would, could introduce a, a more varied or more interesting build options because you can then, uh, you then actually, do I spend the extra 100k on five Noblars or do I use that and boost up and take a different star or do I take an extra ogre I'd like to see that and I think it'd be interesting to see if that if that pays off for those events that are recommending it yeah yeah cool right lovely that wraps it up for ogres the spike magazine eight and so everybody out there if you've got yours if you've watched the video if you've heard the rules just let us know what you think because I think this is the best blood bowl release yet because it is just more nonsense and i think that's fantastic we haven't even said well you, we have said on previous episodes that you have said you get four big guys in a box that's great <laughs> well yeah actually you know what yeah. let's talk about that real quick the great the great thing about this is that uh, there are lots of teams that can take ogres so if you pick up a box of ogres between you know a couple of coaches you'll find reasons to use ogres um yeah. you know you can run them as trolls in your goblin team yeah. You know, so instead of buying two individual Forge World trolls, you just pick up a box of ogres for less than the price of one Forge World troll, and uh, you you know you just have two ogres. And you know what? Just give them a green face and say that they're really stupid ogres. You've got two trolls. You've got two core models. Um, you know, if you've got regular teams, you, you just ogres are great. These models are great. Have a great time with them. Okay, it's time for the star player. Now, we've talked about Bob, we've talked about Morg, we've talked about the slave giant, who is technically kind of a star player, even though they're all the same and unnamed. But, you know, there was one star player that we missed out when we were talking through the team roster and the star players that were available, and that is Scrapper Sawhead. Um, And there are a lot of cool models out for Scrapper Sawhead, including in that Kickstarter we talked about at the beginning of the episode. Um, So... Scrapper Sawhead, Goblin Ogre Orc teams, 150,000, movement 7, strength 2, edge 3, armor 7, dirty player, dodge, loner, right stuff, sprinty, stunty, and sure feet, and has leap and very long legs. Although in the Spike magazine, he's uh, that skill's called Pogo Stick, uh, in parentheses, grants leap and very long legs. So that's interesting. Yeah, we saw this with the, with the trademark stilts in the halfling one as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and there's there's a bit of mixed feedback about them doing that and creating skills that really uh, other skills that already exist. But I think it's I don't think it's that bad because the skills are there. You know what they are, and it kind of helps explain them. Yeah, um, that is true. That is true. So I think I'm on board with this. So right, so edge three. Leap very long legs. So he's leaping on a three plus and he's got dodge and stunty. Yeah. So he can dodge around. He can leap around. You can still throw him and he's got movement seven. Yeah. So movement seven goblin. Well, that's it. You know, movement seven can be absolutely huge. And 150k is a bit of a bargain for this. Yeah, no, that is really good. Um, I'm a big fan of him. I think, you know, I, I've played a Goblin team before. Um, not actually tried the Pogoer, um, but I've heard they're pretty good. 
in, in these teams. They're good for like like we said when they line up on the end of a throw teammate and you can hop over hop over the line. Don't have to worry too much about dodging. Well, that's it. You, yeah. you just get a great chance to do it. Now he's got loner, so leap on a loner star player is is real tough. Yeah, uh, it gives you a great extra angle at play. So for the ogre team, you know, it, the, as agile as the uh, noblars are, they are only movement five. Um, they're only movement five, and your ogres are only movement five. So your team is pretty slow. It's it's probably on average just slightly faster than dwarves. Yeah, but having a movement seven dodge stunty leaper uh, with sprint as well and sure feet. So, you know, it's movement seven, but realistically it's movement 10. Yeah, movement 10 with 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 stunty and dodge. Uh, scrapper can make a huge difference to that ogre team. And actually, if you're running in a, in a tournament, you know, or in a league, I think in a league you're going to see Scrapper taken so often because he's basically free now. Yeah, yeah, like we said, disposable. That's it. You know, you got seven Noblars. That's 140k. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got 10k more, and you've got Nob. Uh, you've got Scrapper. Um, yeah, it's definitely worth it. It is definitely definitely worth it. I've played against him a few times, especially on uh, the Blood Bowl game. The AI loves him, um, and really easy to counter because. He's still only a goblin, and yeah, he's got dodge, but he's still only a goblin. So if you come against a team that's running Scrapper, uh, take him out at the earliest opportunity. He's a stunty, so a seven's going to knock him out, and a nine's going to take him out for the entire game, mm. because having that movement ten player is is going to be is going to help him score, and it's it's going to be a huge boon. So yeah, I think. Would you Scrapper, want to score? Ten? That's the trouble with scoring with star players, isn't it? All right. Well, that's it. So in a tournament, yes. In a league, you're exactly right. He will rob you of your SPPs. But unless you're scoring with your ogres, it doesn't matter. True. You know, if if a a Noblar scores a touchdown and then survives to score another touchdown and gets a level up, all right, you're going to be emotionally like invested (laughs) in this in this in this Noblar. But it's not going to be optimal. Uh, yeah. So if you're going to get the win, get more money to help you get that extra re-roll or that extra ogre, that's better than levelling up a snotling. Yeah, very true. Yeah, very true. So that's yeah. So recommended scrapper sawhead for ogres, especially now he's basically free <laughs> in leagues. <laughs> Okie dokie. So that wraps up everything for this episode. Ben, thank you so much for joining me and for talking. You know, a couple of hours of Blood Bowl nonsense. Uh, pleasure as always. No, it's always great to have you on. And I believe we're going to have you back for the next episode. Yep. Fingers crossed. That's cool. And on that episode, we're going to talk through some of our top giant competition entries, which will be great fun um, because we've already got some great ones. And we're also going to talk about Hangover Bowl. Can't wait. Uh, so Excited. just a, a cheeky little spoiler. Hangover Bowl is an event that, Ben, Blood Tithe, Mr. Blood Tithe himself, has organised for our local club and 13, 14 coaches? Uh, 12, I think. It was 12. I thought we had... Oh, no, it was 13. because we, we had to, 13. We had yeah. to chuck the halflings in. Yes. And basically, Ben's idea was, in lieu of doing a secret... In uh, lieu of doing presents, we were going to do Secret Santa and uh, ordered a bunch of boxes of, of Blood Bowl teams and randomly you got two sprues to make a sevens team 
out of two different teams and it's just created this great little mini climber hobby challenge and then the 14th of january we're going to have a mini sevens evening so yeah we're basically just fast forwarding to mixed team sevens but with a random element and just so excited for this so really excited to talk through all the teams so good job organizing that ben heck of a job and um, looking forward to talking about that next episode um finally just want to say thank you to everybody out there who's watching and listening our youtube our our podcasts and, and videos thank you for supporting the show thank you for to entoyment for letting us have access to uh to the goodies early so we can do a bit of review and talk through the blood bowl and um yeah thank you to everybody for playing and uh, being being part of one of the best communities out there um next episode will be coming out on christmas day so uh until then have a good december and uh, we will catch you next time <laughs>